know, there's not a whole lot of people that can step forward and, and actually take credit for being a part of saving hundreds and hundreds of lives. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe some of you out there have in, in one avenue or another, but today's guest has. Um, it comes from the state of New York, and he's one of the greatest advocates of life that we've come across. This has uh, become a friend of the show, uh, Reverend Jim Harden. Yay! Welcome! Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to be back with you. Uh, we are glad that you're back. So for our listeners that maybe missed our past episodes, we will put that in the um, notes below, but tell a little bit about Compass Care and what you do there. Sure. Well, Compass Care is a Christ-centered ministry that empowering men and women to erase the need for abortion by transforming their fear into confidence. We don't believe there's a philosophical need for abortion. We say that, though, because when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she says, I'm stuck, right? I'm trapped. Mm-hmm. I have no other choice. I need to have an abortion. And our job is to erase the need for abortion in her mind by coming alongside of her and giving her all the ethical medical care and comprehensive community support that she needs in order to say no to abortion, in order to have a, a vision of her future after having had a child. And uh, it takes a lot of commitment. Um, it takes a lot of resources. It takes the church. This is a an, this is basically a, a manifestation of the people of God at work in their communities, serving and sacrificing for the, the, the weak and vulnerable of our communities. What do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions? There's some that I hear regularly, but, you know, of uh, Christians only care about uh, life when it's in the womb, you know, these kind of things. And, you know, we're involved in a a, a crisis pregnancy uh, organization, you know, here in Kansas City as well. And actually, it it goes from, you know, the course of life uh, all the way to to the end. But what are some of the misconceptions you come across and that that maybe are, are incorrect based on where you guys put your time, effort and money? Well, there's a, there's a huge misconception out there that um, that pro-life people only care about the baby. Well, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, um, unless, unless you support the woman, she's not going to have her baby. Uh, so pro-life people, by definition, are pro-life, pro-human in all of, of, of our stages of, of maturity. And and we, we the basic belief that drives us is that all people are made in the image of God and therefore equally valuable from the womb to the tomb mother and child. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that's a big misconception. I think we've, we, we, the, the pro-life community has always supported the mother always. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what we do. Um, you know, so for, as you describe it, we, we, we support the mother in, in so many different ways. Um, not just through, through the pregnancy, but beyond giving her a, a solid foundation, um, in, in, in this, in this, in this community, uh, to, to have a, not just have a vision or a future ha- having a child, but to come alongside her and help mm-hmm. her uh, raise that child or place that yeah. child for adoption. There's other misconceptions too, like um, you know the, the whole world, right, you know, right now in the, in the political realm, uh, pro-abortion Democrats in particular are using all kinds of propaganda to mischaracterize the work of pro-life pregnancy centers. They say that we mislead women, that we give them false information, that we, Elizabeth Warren says we terrorize women. Um, that, you know, it you know, couldn't be further from the truth. We're talking right. about serving women with nurses, with counselors, uh, with, we're giving away millions of dollars in free medical care and, and untold amounts of, of volunteer time and, and, and community service time to women every single year mm-hmm. in every single state in America. What do abortionists do by exactly. comparison? They do abortion. That's all they do is abortion. Exactly. And what do they, and, and, and only if you pay them, they are mercenaries. 
They are not medical providers. Mm -hmm. uh, these people only care about capitalizing on a woman's crisis. And it is uh, shameful to say the very least. Tr you know, true medical ethics is what's being delivered in a lot of these uh, pro-life organizations. True medical care in an ethical way. The, the original Hippocratic Oath stated, in, in part, I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. Now, this is an oath that doctors would take before they started practicing medicine independently. Wow. We might have talked about this earlier. But they, it says, I will not give a woman an abortive remedy. This is a, They would take this up to 1973. Uh, and why would they include abortion in the Hippocratic Oath? And you think of all the things they could have included, mm -hmm. of all the medical procedures, quote unquote, yeah. could have included. Why abortion? And I think it's because medicine is, the purpose of medicine is to heal and, 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 and protect the life of the patient. Mm -hmm. And abortion does neither one of those two things uh, for neither, either the woman or the child. And, mm. and so, fa so abortion is the original quackery. It's not medicine. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, the other day, you actually put on your Facebook a thing by Glenn Beck about Planned Parenthood, where it came from, how where it's gone. We can put that in the notes below, a link to that, because it was a really great episode that it, talked well, about it, that. It was, I don't know if you, you saw this, is, you know, what Glenn does is Wednesday night, you know, specials and, you know, sometimes gets on the chalkboard and things like this. And this was, I think, just this last week, but he went through some of the original internal memos of, of Planned Parenthood and uh, the things that they were listing a why it was, it was designed for population control period. Mm -hmm. And it was, and it was very against, against African American minorities, minorities and, and uh, anybody that's in, in, in poverty and broken down. And he, he breaks down some of their language that they were trying to implement. That sounds shocking. I think all but one mm -hmm. of them are current democratic party platform issues that you could have never even said out loud in the 60s when these documents were were circulating uh, amongst them and uh, now they've come full you know full circle and what's interesting is the veil has been pulled up and they're very transparent about who they are and what they're about mm -hmm. you know in their intent the only difference is evil acts are now called good and right. and works like yourself are now called evil you would be considered and have been called a terrorist by Hillary Clinton yes in fact, uh, we talked about this before the show, but uh, hours after Hillary Clinton came out uh, insisting that pro-lifers were, you know, akin to, you know, Middle Eastern terrorists, uh, there was another James Revenge pro-abortion terrorist threat in Omaha, Nebraska, mm -hmm. against pro-life people. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry has its roots in eugenics mm -hmm. and uh, and Darwinian evolutionary theory, which basically says that, you know. Uh, you know, the, we're just a bunch of, we're just a complex set of biochemical reactions. There's no human meaning other than just the, the Nietzschean kind of will to power. Um, let the strong survive and the weak just die. That is mm -hmm. the logical conclusion of the philosophy of Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, as well as pro-abortion politicians in charge of the Democratic Party. That's what they don't True. want people to know. Mm -hmm. That's what they don't want people to know. We're, we're, we we pro-life people are are scary to them. Mm -hmm. And it, we're not scary because we're violent. We're scary because we, we insist that all people should be protected equally, no matter what, without right. qualification. That is uh, because we're made in the image of God. Th that is the only basis for mm -hmm. human dignity and a civilized order with a justice system that is truly blind. Anything else is just a sham. Well, also, Jim, you got to take into account we're getting rid of their bell worship, which is a major problem for them. So, you know. It's interesting. Where do you see this all going with Roe v. Wade being overturned uh, this summer, this past summer? Where do you see it going in 2023? 
where do you see the pro-life movement in 2023? Well, I think the pro-life movement in 2023 is going to have to to um, to shift uh, its its result its its efforts dramatically because the battle lines have shifted. The battle lines shifted from a, a, a one front battle, as it were, relative to legislation and legislators, you know, federally, to a fifty front battle. And and the abortion industry itself has changed dramatically, and they they've moved to a hub and spoke model, focusing most of their energy uh, on chemical abortion being sent over the mail through teleabortion. So um, the pro life uh, community is going to have to come together and think critically uh, and comprehensively about um, you know uh, the the various types of legislation that's coming out at the state level uh, to make abortion a fundamental human right as well to, as well as the federal level. Um, they're also are going to have to come out and, and think differently about how to serve women. We've got to be able to mm-hmm. reach and serve women um, in, in this new day of, of, of accessing abortion care, so, so to speak. I call it care uh, euphemistically, um, on the internet. So we're mm-hmm. going to have to be able to, to cut the time it takes to reach and serve a woman with a pro-life nurse from 24 hours to 24 seconds. That's going to be key if the abortion, um, if the pro-life community is going to compete head on with the, the billion dollar abortion complex, because they're shifting rapidly now. And we saw this happening even uh, in 2018, 2019, uh, 2020, we started, that shift, started to see that shift happening. So now over, well over 50% of all abortions are chemical abortions, a significant percentage of them mm. are given to women via mail. And that's going to have to be addressed um, significantly and dramatically by the pro-life pregnancy centers. So a lot's going to have to change in 2023. And, um, and I think we're up to the task. I do. I think that the pro-life community can come together and, and work in a way that uh, is, is creative uh, and is comprehensive. And, and, uh, and we, but we've got a challenge. We've got an uphill battle because the abortion numbers are not, are not shrinking. Abortion didn't go away uh, on June 24th when Roe versus Wade was overturned. It simply moved to places like California and New York mm-hmm. and online. So um, you know, right now we, we're seeing an increase in, in abortion. Just flat numbers are going up. So that's a problem. And pro-life states have to think differently about what it means to be pro-life, too, because the battle shifted for them, too. And I think even even representatives, you know, elected officials that that we consider pro-life, that was probably one of my, I don't know, biggest aha moments or kind of sad things. Well, we, we disappointments. We've been in this space for a long time, but until we started doing this podcast, you know, coming up almost two years now, I really felt like certain characters who knew how to go to the chicken dinner and, and raise money as a Republican under pro-life. I thought there was like pro-life and there's people that are not pro-life, but I didn't realize how many times you could split the hair um, on, Hey, we passed 12 pieces of legislation for pro-life, but it's really like, okay, you can no longer use this tool. You can use this tool without this cap on it. And that's a pro it's like, it, it's, it's, it's really irrelevant. Um, they the, were it, trying to end abortion. It, it's an issue that serves Democrats and Republics both because they, they both can campaign on it passionately and then kind of get together and be like, we really don't we're trying to end anything because this is a cash cow for us both. If we can keep our bases all ginned mm-hmm. up about this topic, but they're not really pushing for it. And so I think I think there is a the 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 general population is starting to wake up to that as well of like just because you oh. campaign as pro-life, you're you, you may not actually be uh, passing pro-life legislation in a powerful and effective way. Oh, exactly right. You're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, these, what we found, and, and I think what, what people are, are waking up to is the fact that um, a lot of politicians on the Democrat, as you described, on the Democrat and the Republican side, both simply 
use the pro-life or, or abortion issue as a means to raise money and to get elected because a lot of these Republicans need the pro-life vote um, to get elected. So they're not actually interested in, in understanding you and communicating accurately that the purpose of government is to protect all people, all of them. And so when we start to parse out who qualifies as a person under the law and who doesn't, we've got a major injustice happening that a, a collusion between government and culture to systemically destroy or enslave or oppress a, an entire class of people. And uh, for, for any, any self-respecting self, self politician ought to see that as, as something that's unconscionable uh, anywhere mm -hmm. at any time. So um, what we're seeing is a, is, is a, is a, a, a litany of, of, of candidates that have no business being in elected official positions. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question yeah, on, on the life? Okay. Uh, speaking about life, we did an episode recently um, about the idea of life and people think of being pro-life as pro, you know, just within the womb. Canada has gone to some great lengths with when you consider euthanasia. And, and when you first hear that argument, everybody's kind of like, man, there's a tough situation, you know, of what you would want to be in an end of life choice. But they've actually talked about mail-in kits. I think 6,500 healthy young Canadians have now actually been able to terminate their own life, you know, based on, I mean, some of these guys are like in their 20s. Uh, maybe they're depressed and have diabetes. Depression and maybe some diabetes, you know. But the, the, the idea of life itself on both ends is what's under attack. You know, and, and, well, yeah. and I think that that's, working its way into our culture, I think in 11 states, that that's permissible here as well. Oh, you know, death as a solution has seeped into the consciousness of our, of our, of our culture. And, it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a symptom of a sickness of soul. We've lost sight of who we are as human beings. Yes. We mm -hmm. no longer understand that uh, we're, we're made, we're the crown of creation, and that we've, we no longer have a context for suffering. Um, we no longer have a context for uh, for a moral framework for understanding right and wrong and and, and good and evil, um, wickedness and righteousness. We have, we have no no longer understand our place in the world or how we can add value to it, um, even insofar as um, suffering on behalf of someone else. Mm -hmm. That is the message of the cross. Our our you know it's not that we're trying to avoid suffering, but that, that's what it's become. Mm -hmm. Because we only view the world as just a material existence and, and nothing deeper or greater than that, um, our, 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 our whole moral framework has shifted to making decisions, moral decisions, based on what gives me the most pleasure or helps me avoid right. the most pain. Yeah. Yep. And, and that is self-destructive, not only self-destructive mm -hmm. for the individual, but self-destructive for a nation. Yep. And that, that, that addresses what you just talked about earlier, whether it be euthanasia or abortion, you know, I mean, it just yeah. covers the gamut. Okay, our fi my final question is, I know there are a lot of people that are watching the show right now, just like David and I, that pro-life, it's like a passion for us. You know, we are about what can we do, you know, to help in this situation. And when you said Roe v. Wade was overturned, but now we've seen an increase in abortion, my heart broke. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me because we celebrated in June and now we're like, oh my gosh, how could we be in this position now? Okay, our slogan here is wake up, speak up, and show up. So for some of us, myself included, this was a wake-up call. How can we actually speak up and show up then to make a difference in our own community uh, when it comes to pro-life? Well, that is a great question. Um, <laughs> there's so much that can be done and 
ought to be done. I think the first thing that can be done and ought to be done is um, pray and ask the Lord how he would have you be involved. He would have you be involved. Uh, this is th These moments are what faith is for. Uh, I, and I would say also speak up, as you describe it, mm -hmm. in, in terms of what it means to be human. Um, have the conversations. Be willing to have a, a, an open dialogue with someone who differs with you, whether it's a family member or a, a, a sibling, you know, a, 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 a friend, a, a co-worker. Talk about what it means to be human under God. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be human under God? Why why is murder wrong? Right. Let's just ask ask that question, and then and then get down to the to, to the heart of what it means to be human. What what makes you valuable? What makes me valuable? Why should we protect um, uh, human life? And, mm -hmm. and and so I think that's that's an that's a key. Once people start talking this way, the the world, the nation becomes more and more pro life, and it makes it easier for us to pass legislation that reflects true justice, mm -hmm. not just the whims of of a, of, a, of a people gone. Uh, gone, gone mad. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, and then talk to, make sure you, you, you get elected officials or people who are on a run for office that understand what, what, what government is for to protect all people equally in terms of the domestic role of government and justice system. Um, you know, and, and then get involved, you know, get involved in serving women who are, who are facing pregnancy, um, help them, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's through a pregnancy center or, or, or directly for somebody, a woman at your church, whoever, wherever, you know, we're called good Samaritans. So walk alongside when God brings somebody across your path who, who is beaten and left for dead, so to speak, in the dangerous Jericho Road culture, stop and help them. Sacrifice on their behalf as Christ did for us. He is our good Samaritan. So Amen. we should go and do likewise. And that makes life, makes the culture much mm -hmm. more pro-life. That is such great advice. Again, you can follow Jim by going to compasscarecommunity.com. When you go there, there's a place that you can actually give. If this has moved you like you want to support Jim and what he's doing, you can give on the right-hand side when you go to compasscarecommunity.com. Jim, thank you so much for yeah. your time. Thank you for everything that you're doing to save hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives. We so appreciate it. It's an honor to have you on the show today. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. We will shut you down, we will cite you, and if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. God actually spoke to me. He spoke about sacredness. He said to me, Kim, what I place in many, many people is sacred. And if anybody touches what is sacred to me, then it is the end for them. So what I've done in the United States of America is sacred. And there are people on every side that are trying to destroy what I deem sacred. And it's not going to happen. This is the definition of criminal conspiracy, racketeering, and collusion. This is not a theory. This is evidence. Because I have upheld this country to spread a light to the rest of the world. When you choose to go against the sacred thing that God put to the very heart and the soil of this nation, this was sacred to God. This reawakened tour is literally 
what it means. It has reawakened the American heart. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.